Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Welcome to our third day of our parish mission, third and final, which our final is actually just the beginning, as is always appropriate. Today's talk um, titled How to Begin. So the last couple of days I've um, kind of looked at, at the reality of, of uh, my vocation and uh, the call of the priest to be able to bring your offerings to the altar and to pour God's grace uh, upon upon the community entrusted to my care. Yesterday, reflecting uh, for uh, for a bit on your own vocation uh, of how the Lord God has called you to live out your baptismal promise, your baptismal consecration, to be uh, in the image of Christ, priest, prophet, and king in your own life, in your own family, your world, your workplace, and everything else. And today, to get a little more practical into how to actually do that. So how to begin is our title today. Um, and it's invitation for us, first and foremost, um, to be people of prayer. And that's how we begin. So the, the, whole, the whole reality is, is that we can have, we can have these, this great knowledge and understanding that we're, that we're supposed to do these things. We're supposed to have the, you know, this, this consecration upon our heart, that we're supposed to give our lives uh, to Jesus, that we're supposed to do this, that, and the other thing. But, but how do we actually do it? Because, again, it's easy for us to, to have the, the thought, to have the head knowledge. But sometimes it can be difficult for us to put these things into actual practice and to sustain them, you know, so many, uh, so many times when we come up against the question of prayer, the the reality is that there that there are so many options, and sometimes we get so excited and so zealous um, that we stall out because there are so many so many things. Which is the one thing, right? And so, just to to acknowledge that, and for us to to enter into this reality of prayer. Again, we must be a people whose lives are um, are marked by prayer, and not just not just prayer as in as in doing things and saying things, but prayer and meditation. That we that we must be you know, lifting up our heart to the Lord in prayer, but also meditating of of chewing on divine things, of taking these um, the, the the lives of the saints. These incredible, you know, passages from sacred scripture, uh, these these theological truths, or these mysteries, or these experiences that we have throughout the day, and to place them in our spiritual slow cooker, and just let them, let them, let them slow cook within us, and, and let them just really, uh, really get into it. And so it's this invitation for us, uh, not just to be busy about so many things, but really to spend time reflecting upon God's word. And allowing that to be fruitful in us, I was already planning to to have this as the the talk topic for the day, but I was struck also by by my own uh, part of my own daily meditation is a book uh, a book entitled Daily Breviary Meditations. The breviary being the book of prayers that that priests offer up throughout each day, 
And so I have a, a, an additional little book that has specific reflections for priests um, contained. And so it's uh, nice and encouragement, sometimes, sometimes chastisements uh, for shortcomings as priests and just a, a general examination. And today, the, one of the passages really struck me, and especially in light of, of this topic here. It says, The bravery and sin can go hand in hand. Likewise, the Holy Mass in a state of tepidity. But let there be a serious return to the practice of the daily meditation, and slowly but surely you will detach yourself from sin, from tepidity, and from any form of dissipation. You will begin to partake and enjoy with intimate piety the sacred body of Christ. You will treat it with the respect that it deserves. You will grow in holiness in such a way as to communicate your holiness to others. And the bishop who, is, who composed that meditation is, is simply acknowledging the fact that, that a priest, and by association the lay faithful, that we can be caught up in, in doing the external things sometimes of living out our faith, that I can, I can offer my, my rote prayers. But if I really spend time meditating and, and allowing it to sink deeply in me and to contemplate these things, to ponder them in our heart as our Blessed Mother is described in scriptures, if I give myself to that, then that has a profound way of transforming my heart, of, of forcing me to face the reality of sin. It's easy for us to, to be Martha and, and busy about so many things. But when we allow our hearts to be quiet, it's there that the Lord is able to speak and to convict us and to call us to conversion. And not just to call us to conversion, but also to give us the grace to respond to that call and truly to be converted. And so this is the gift that, that, that prayer and meditation are for us. They are lifting up to our hearts to the Lord, but also they are the reality of, of the Lord coming to draw us closer to himself. Um, they are us opening our hearts to Christ. So a few things to start with, um, some guidelines, if you will. In the ways of prayer, it's better to start with baby steps. Sometimes again, we can get excited and say we're gonna we're gonna pray the we're gonna pray the you know three decades or, or three three rosaries every day, or we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a whole holy hour every single day, or we're gonna read you know scripture for thirty minutes every single day. And, and a lot of times in, in our in our excitement and our in, in our zeal for things. For a life of prayer, especially if we're experiencing some kind of conversion in that moment, a temptation could be to try to take off um, a big old chunk and to, and to take that upon ourselves as our commitment. But the, the spiritual life, the masters of the spiritual life often recognize that, that very, very often that leads to giving up the prayer altogether. Because we can start and be zealous on a big thing, but when the, when the zeal falls away, it's easy for us to set it aside for a day and then for two days, and then for three days, and then it's been a week, and then it's been a month. And so many of the masters of the spiritual life encourage starting with small things. And as those become normal and commonplace for us, daily rhythms, to grow and to build upon those things. And so it's to start with baby steps. So uh, wherever you are in your spiritual life, to acknowledge that place and to, to continue to take those little steps um, further along the path. The second thing I would encourage as a little guideline is to be able to read things about the spiritual life. 
uh, read things about the life of prayer. There are no shortages of, of fantastic classic works uh, by saints of the church and by people who will be uh, very likely saints of the church um, in the future. And so I'd invite you to, to, to find some books on the life of prayer to see what, is, what does prayer really look like? Because sometimes it's helpful to have, uh, to have the insight of another person who's ahead of the journey, uh, who's uh, ahead of you along the path to be able to say, hey, here's how this works. Here's what it kind of looks like. Because a lot of times when we enter into it, we don't exactly know if this is how it's supposed to be. And so having someone else to, to walk with us to some, to some extent is, is a beneficial thing. And so the, the, the life of prayer can certainly be nourished uh, by, by some books that can help to nourish us and inform us. And so I'll, I'll have some resources available on the parish website with some, some good books that might be uh, helpful starting points uh, in the life of prayer for you. A third thing, uh, again, is not just to simply fill it up your time um, with with prayers of doing things, of reading things, of passing beads through your fingers, of flipping flipping your prayer cards, of flipping your pages, but make sure that in the midst of of your prayer that there's also a meditation. That there is there that there is time to pause, to embrace silence. To chew on some of the things that are being said, rather than just to rifle them through your mind, and to really allow the Lord an opportunity sometimes to speak, because very often this is this is the and this is what um, the, my little book of meditations encouraged is is when we when we give ourselves to meditation, then we can really encounter the Lord in such a way that our heart is open to Him, that that we're open to Him speaking to us. So don't just um, don't just fill the time with a lot of things, um, but make sure to, to spend some time resting, sitting quietly, um, opening your heart to the Lord. And the last thing I would encourage is to have some structure, even if it's loose. You know, we have different personalities and these kinds of things, and, and there's a whole variety. Is the beautiful thing about Catholics, and we'll talk about this in a minute. The reality is that we have 10,000 ways to pray. But it's, it's helpful for us to have some kind of structure, even if it's a loose structure, um, so, that, so that our prayer isn't just kind of on a whim when we feel like praying or when we want to pray this, that, or the other thing. Just, you know, kind of, um, there's certainly a, a, a place for spontaneity. But to see regular growth, to see steady progression in the spiritual life, some kind of structure is, is part of it. And consistency along with that, of having a regular commitment to this practice of prayer and meditation. So those are kind of starting points. So baby steps, read good things. Don't just fill up your time doing things in prayer and to have some structure uh, to this to this commitment of growing in your spiritual life. So I'll start with that last piece, the structure. It's a good thing to have a, a sort of daily routine of prayer. Now, as as a priest, I certainly have uh, my daily routine of prayer. I've got you know the the breviary which I pray. Um, I pray the the tradi- traditional breviary, which is um, eight different sections of prayer sprinkled throughout the day. So eight different times a day, I stop to to pause and to, there's a hymn, there's some psalms that are that are prayed. There's you know various uh, you know various prayers that are offered up to the Lord. And so at different times all throughout the day, every few hours, I'm called to stop, 
set aside what I'm doing and devote a few moments to encountering the Lord and lifting up prayer to sanctify the day, to make the day holy all throughout. In addition to that, of course, time for spiritual reading, the daily celebration of Holy Mass, chaplets, rosaries, these kinds of things that, that, are, that are brought in um, in the midst of that as well. And so it's not to say that your day has to be jam-packed and you have to be firm and rigid on, on, a daily, on a daily rhythm or daily routine, but it is helpful at least to have kind of just uh, a few broad spots to stop. So the first is morning. Of course, the the morning the morning time often before uh, before our brains have already fired up to be able to have, you know before our, our, our you know we're, we're we're busy about all the stuff that we may have to do that day or things that may uh, come upon our hearts that we that we start worrying about a little bit to be able to to have time in the morning for prayer is a wonderful gift to be able to offer the Lord the first fruits of the day uh, in a sense. To be able to have uh, a little moment sometime in the middle of the day to be able to take a break and to offer some time to our Lord. And then another time in the evening. So this is a, kind of a good a general rule is to have time in the morning, time midday, and time in the evening. It's not to say that these are large times. Uh, that these, these can literally be... Um, you, know, you know, a couple of them can be just a few minutes, you know, and, and then one preferably a little bit larger time to be able to offer prayers. And so we've got this, this rhythm of the day where each day, um, to the best of our ability at least, you know, we're able to do something in the morning, maybe something midday, and something in the evening or nighttime. So what does that look like? For the morning, it's helpful to have uh, what in the seminary they, they invited us to have non-negotiables. They said, you know, a lot of times if you're if you're traveling or if you're if you're moving to a new spot or if you have something going on or or the, your, your day kind of gets thrown off because of a different a different rhythm and the routine of the parish, as if there's a routine in the parish, really, um, to make sure that there's something that that you at least have that that's always going to be there, and it's a a small thing that you can add on to. And so it's helpful for us, uh, a wonderful offering, um, a morning offering that we can make to the Lord. And this is basically to be able to rise. And the first thing we would do is to offer a prayer to Jesus, to offer a prayer to the Father. Um, the Lord, the day is yours, effectively. Um, there's a wonderful little little prayer that I came across a while back. The basically is like it's it's the wake up prayer. It's not the, for me. It's not the morning offering. It's a separate thing. But the the wake up prayer is is you know when I hit when, when my feet feet hit the floor, it's to rise, to stand up and say, I rise in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who redeemed me by His precious blood. Bless God and protect me from all evil. Strengthen me to all good and lead me to everlasting life. Amen. So it's just kind of a. a, a the first thing, the first offering, the first thing out of my mouth is praise of the Lord, entrustment to keep me from evil. Lord, help me to do good. Lead me on the path of eternal life. Um, and so it's a, a first offering. And if we can get in the habit of doing that, it's, it's an incredible blessing because it becomes part of our normal rhythm. It becomes part of our normal routine. Um, and that's a healthy thing. Um, it's healthy for us to be able to to have things so deeply ingrained in us 
that it, that it comes naturally as if it's a normal thing for us to offer these prayers, to offer these, uh, these morning offerings and things. And so it can be something like this, this rise prayer, arise in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, or it can be you wake up and the first thing you do is you get down on the side of the bed and you make a morning offering. If you want to figure out a morning offering, go look at the internet. There's a wonderful opportunity. Lots of things that are there. Lots of ways that you can um, entrust yourself, entrust your joys, your sorrows, your everything of the day to our blessed Lord. And so it's to be able to have something that right at the beginning of the day, every single day, no matter what, that you can offer this short, sweet prayer to the Lord, to offer the day to Him. Many of the saints of the church, especially the great spiritual writers, also encourage using the morning time as one's prayer time, as one's meditation time. Now, this is, uh, again, this is, you know, part of knowing yourself. Um, Some people are not morning people. Some people, on account of uh, work being so early and they have to leave the house at, at you know at an incredibly early hour of the morning or if you got kids or you're dealing with just trying to get the kids ready and get yourself ready and get everything ready you know and so obviously do what you can do um, so but the, uh, morning time of the day oftentimes is a good time to pray um, and if you can do it wonderful if you can make it work for you um, it, it certainly is a tremendous gift. But if morning time is not your thing, and there's another time of day where you can set some time, time aside consistently, do so. You know, whatever whatever time works for you, whatever you know, attention. If you can if you can give attention at a certain time of day, um, if you're a night owl and that works for you, okay. Uh, so as far as the the, the meditation part, that that's the few things. Um, as far as actually doing some meditation, this is the important piece: is knowing things. You got to know when it's a good time for you, as we just mentioned. You have to know where you're going to pray, because this this can be an important thing. That sometimes, uh, if we don't if we don't have a, a place where we feel prayerful. That can be an invitation to make a place where we can feel more prayerful. Make a little prayer corner, make a little make a little prayer closet or a prayer room at your house. Or if there's a certain spot that would be beneficial to you, that you enjoy sitting in, have your reading, have your spiritual books there, or whatever it is that you're going to be praying with, have it there at hand. You know, these can be helpful things. So having a little spot where you where you can consistently go to offer these prayers. Um, is a helpful thing. Know how you lo- how you like to pray. Um, in the Catholic tradition, we, we recognize that they're uh, traditionally understood as as four temperaments, um, and these are, are different ways, you know, kind of personalities, I guess. Uh, ways in which we respond differently. So there are different, you know, some people some people you know have uh, a lot of trouble sitting in silence, and some people can sit in silence for days at a time. Some people, you know, struggle to do uh, Lexio Divina or divine reading of praying with the scripture and digging into it. And some people, it comes naturally like a duck to water. 
so it's it's being able to to know how you pray best you know to what uh what what modes of prayer what what things have worked for you in the past where you've where prayer has been beneficial to you where it's been it's been fruitful that it's been helpful that it wasn't it wasn't all toil and, and you know toil and, and harsh labors but it was something that was actually good for your soul so maybe to consider those things, you know, what in the past has been beneficial to me? What in the past has been helpful? And to pursue that, you know, not to feel like there's only one way to pray, but to know how you pray best and then to find the ways that can help you to grow in your spiritual life, which leads us to the next thing is, is to know what you want to pray. This, I think, is the hardest part for most people, and I know it's certainly the hardest part for me to know what you want to pray, because I don't know about you, but I love Catholic things, and I want to do all the Catholic things. So I've got more things than I know what to do with or hours of the day to be able to pray and to bring into my prayers and meditations to be able to do, and every single one of them is wonderful. But how do I know which one to do? And this is something for every every single person for you to be able to decide for yourself. But the best thing is 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 to, just to pick something, to pick something, you know, and to go with it. And if a while down the road you feel like it's not working for you, we can change. You know, that's the wonderful thing about this is there are lots of options, and none of us are, are committed to one specific thing always and forever um, with priests and religious being accepted because of our, of our promises, our vows, you know, to specific prayers that we are bound to make. But for you, what do you want to pray? Some people like to, to get the daily readings from daily mass and to pray with that. Some people like to pick a specific book and you say, I'm going to, I'm going to study the gospel of St. Mark and they'll, you know, go in little clips, a little, a little chunk each day, and pray with that. Some people like to play Bible roulette and just flip the book, you know, to wherever wherever it lands. That's what we're praying today. Okay, you know, if that's your thing, I guess if if it works for you. Um, but to you know to recognize that the sacred scripture is a wonderful place to be nourished. A lot of people find nourishment in looking at the saint of the day. There can be, I mean, we've got over 10,000 saints in the life of the church. And there's an incredible saint each day whose life tells us something and shows us something about what it is to be a Christian, what it is to follow Jesus Christ. And so a saint of the day might be a part of your time of prayer. You might have a meditation book, like I have this meditation book here. There may be a meditation book or a series of books that you use that go throughout the whole liturgical year or they go throughout the month and we've got like the the word among us and magnificat and so many of these that are monthly devotional books that have a little that they take the readings and a little meditation a little kind of homily of sorts uh together in the book so maybe maybe you've got a meditation book maybe you've got something that's more structured um and in in the way that it that it leads you through meditation a lot of people are uh, are discovering the liturgy of the hours or the breviary. Again, that prayer that 
that as a priest that I'm bound to pray, that I'm obligated to pray, um, but that I also find incredibly nourishing at various points of the day to stop and to offer prayers to the Lord, and how often those prayers are relevant to me at that exact moment. They're the exact thing that I need to hear from the Lord and the exact thing that I need to give my heart to the Lord about. So maybe it's to pray morning prayer each day from the liturgy of the hours, or to pray evening prayer each day from the liturgy of the hours, or these kinds of things. This is a a wonderful opportunity. Maybe a spiritual reading. Maybe you you have a good book. You want to read, you know, St. Faustina's uh, Diary of Divine Mercy, or you want to read Teresa of Avila's The Way of Perfection, or uh, you know, maybe it's one of those spiritual reading books that on, on the life of prayer. Maybe you picked up a, a great little book and you want to slowly and prayerfully read through it and kind of chew on that a good bit. This is an option. Of course, some of the more traditional ones, we've got rosaries, our Divine Mercy Chaplet, prayers to the saints. We can do Stations of the Cross. We can have a whole variety of, of these these different prayers and devotions. Uh, where we can turn to our Lord, we can turn to Our Lady, we can do all of these things, and they are wonderful gifts for us. Um, Maybe you don't know where to start with all of that. Maybe there are so many of those things you don't know which one to do. You can kind of just take a mix if you want to, to some degree. There are other ways that the church gives us of, of structuring our prayer throughout the week and even throughout the year. Each day of the week is dedicated to some particular um, aspect of the faith. Sundays are the days of the resurrection and honoring the Blessed Trinity. Monday, we pray for the souls in purgatory. Tuesday, we honor the angels. Wednesday, we honor St. Joseph. Thursday is the Blessed Sacrament. Friday is the Passion of our Lord and of His Sacred Heart. Saturday is our Blessed Mother and Her Immaculate Heart. So maybe if you want to take those seven specific aspects of the faith, those seven different days of, of persons and, and devotions and find a little prayer to offer each day for those things. This is a good and holy thing to do, to offer each day some particular aspect of, of meditation, some particular aspect of, of lifting up your heart in prayer. Also, just as each day has its own dedication, each month has its own dedication. January is... <coughs> excuse me. January is the month of the Holy Name. February is the month of the Passion of Our Lord. March, the month of St. Joseph. April, the month of the Holy Eucharist. May, the month of Our Lady. June, the month of the Sacred Heart. July, the month of the Precious Blood. August, the month of the Immaculate Heart. September, the month of Our Lady of Sorrows. October, the month of the Most Holy Rosary. November, the month of the Holy Souls in Purgatory. And December, the month of the Divine Infancy. And so maybe it's to just to take these, um, these 12 different aspects of devotion and to have a particular devotion you want to pray each day. So for the month of the Holy Name, maybe it's to pray the litany of the Holy Name each day and to offer that to our Lord. Maybe in the month of the Holy Rosary, to, to pray the Rosary each day. Um, or to offer a decade of the rosary even each day to the, during the month of the Sacred Heart, to find a, a prayer to the Sacred Heart and to, to offer a prayer to the Sacred Heart each day, or even just to, to invoke the Sacred Heart in a special way throughout the day. These can be wonderful opportunities for us. And these are ways that, that we can engage in actual meditation. 
And so again, just this this tremendous list. And as much as has been said, a hundred more things are left unsaid. But the simple reality is we've got we've got the Bible, we've got the lives of the saints, we've got good spiritual reading, we've got chaplets and various prayers, we've got the monthly devotions of the church, and certainly more. And these are all things where we can stop and really dig into them. And this is this is the, the beauty of meditation is we can we can pray it, we can go through and we can read through it, but then it's actually allowing our hearts to be open to what it is that's being said. So when we pray with the scriptures, it's not just to read through the scripture and to go, wow, that was really good, or wow, that was really nice, but to 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 read through the daily readings and to go, now what does that mean to me? What is what is what is it the Lord might be saying to me? What is it what insight might the Lord be offering for me in the way that I'm that I'm acting at work or the way that I'm that I'm treating someone at home, you know, to to apply the things to our own hearts. And this is this is part of the fruit of the meditation is it actually applies to us in a more concrete way. I love the lives of the saints. Anybody who's ever ever come to daily mass, at least a solid half of my daily mass homilies are about the saint of that particular day. Because the saints, they show us what living the Christian life is. And so oftentimes we get these little, you know, little, little multi-paragraph stories of a life of a saint. And they'll just have these incredible quotes or incredible things that they themselves did. Or, or it will tell of their conversion or it will tell about their, their experiences in prayer. And this whole variety of things that really put flesh on, this is what it is to be Christians. This is what it is for us to be Catholics. That this is kind of what it looks like. I mean, obviously the saints are, are the models. They're the standards. Um, and we don't always live up to the standard. But they are, they are encouragements to us. They are examples for us to follow after. You know, Saint so-and-so did this. That he, that he found this prayer particularly helpful. So I might want to do that too, right? Saint Gemma, um, the saint after uh, whose name um, my cat now bears as well. Saint Gemma had a great love for our Lord Jesus in the agony in the garden, and every Thursday night she would spend an extra hour in the middle of the night praying with our Lord, like she was praying with him in the garden of agony. You know, the agony in the garden in Gethsemane. And so this was her devotion: is that, is that that on Thursday nights she would wake up in the middle of the night and go spend an hour. With Jesus, because the Lord, as his disciples fell asleep, turned to them and said, Could you not keep watch one hour with me? And so her heart responded to keep an hour with him. And so to read that is to go, Wow, maybe I can do that. Maybe I should do that. And so we get, you know, occasionally you'll find somebody who who commits to their adoration chapel on Thursday at midnight. Well, I guess Friday, Friday morning at 12, 12, uh, 12 in the morning. And why? Because of Saint Gemma, because of the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of Gethsemane, because of, of of this saint did this, and that's encouraged me to follow likewise. Right? And so we can be encouraged by the lives of the saints in so many ways in these things, and to be able to 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 recognize that the the prayers that we offer are incredibly valuable, because first and foremost. They help us to remember that we are not God. That they focus us towards 
our Lord, that he is the one who does all of these things, that if there's any good in me, it's because of him. And so it orients us towards the Lord. But then also secondly, that in, in encountering him, we are changed by him. We become like him by spending time in his presence, right? just like we become like the people we spend our time with in the earth, in the earthly realm. We start to have the same characteristics or say the same things or we have inside jokes with our, with our people that we're close to. And in a similar way also with the Lord, the, the, to the extent that we start to spend time with him, we become more like him. And our life shows that, and this is what we, what we say, right? The, the end of the prayers of the rosary is we pray that, that, that in meditating upon the mysteries of the most holy rosary, that we might imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise. So each of the mysteries, they have some virtue, some fruit that it wants to produce in us. And so we can imitate, imitate the things that are happening. We can, we can be like our Lord in the agony garden. We can be like our blessed mother receiving the angel Gabriel's good news. We can be like, um, like, like Our Lady going in the, in the Annunciation, we can be like Our Lady and St. Joseph seeking after the Lord, the finding in the temple. We can, we can imitate these, these mysteries and, and grow in the, in the virtue that is being exercised in the doing of them. And so this is, this is what we can offer is, is, is in, in our time of prayer that we become more like Christ. We are changed into Christ. And this is, this, is, this is the important piece. And this is why the meditation is, is so incredibly valuable, is it, is it makes us like Jesus. So yesterday, I was, you know, the, the invitation was for us to be able to live out, uh, to, to live out specifically the, the call of baptism. For you, as a, a member of the lay faithful who are essential and irreplaceable, for you to be able to live out your call to be in the image of Jesus, priest, prophet, and king. And how do you do all of that? By becoming like Jesus. Meditation. How is it that I that I you know offer myself in prayer? By praying. How is it that I live an order life and become virtuous and allow that light to shine to others as a prophet? Prayer, meditation. How is it that I am king of, of, of my own heart, that I root out sin, that I'm able to put myself in the service of others? Prayer. Meditation, recognizing the things that Christ is doing and following, recognizing what Christ is calling me to through the readings, through the saint of the day, through the spiritual reading that I had, through the, the, the thoughts that I had as I was praying the rosary, through the devotion of the day that invites me to make an act of generosity of self in some particular way. So how is it that we begin to live out our baptismal life, our baptismal you know, promises and consecration for you to be priest, prophet, and king. Pray. To pray. This is the foundation of it all. To be able to encounter our blessed Lord. To be changed by him. To be able to, uh, really, prayer is nothing other than, than learning how to actually put into action the thing for which one is already consecrated, right? At baptism, you were consecrated with the oil, the, the oil of chrism, priest, prophet, and king in the line of Jesus. But that doesn't mean that you start doing it, right? Babies don't just start praying the rosary the next day. They don't start, you know, rooting out sin in their own hearts, you know? It's something that, that's learned and grown really 
organically developed and grown over time. And so that's this, this, this reality of prayer and meditation, which is nothing other than a relationship with God. It's communication with God. It's speaking heart to heart with God. It's being able to, to spend time and to, to contemplate who is God? Who is, who is this, this one who loves me and whom I love as well? To be able to, you know, to, to enter into that relationship, this is, this is the fruit of, of prayer and meditation. It's not just having nice, nice thoughts. It's not having pious thoughts or being able to, 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 to put great things on social media or to have a great insight to share with a friend or any of these kinds of things. No, that, I mean, you know, to the extent that we, can, that we can do things that nourish other people, fine and good. But first and foremost is to be able to engage in that relationship with God that allows us to, to live out that consecration as priest, prophet, and king, to be a people of prayer, to be a people of holiness, to be a people of service. And we learn how to do this by regularly going to the place where our hearts are shaped into the image of Jesus. And that place is prayer and meditation. The offering up of ourselves, the offering up of our words, the offering up of of various prayers, but then especially making that time to chew on it, to really think about it, to ask questions, to put ourselves in the scene, the whole variety of descriptions that we can give to it. But in, in all of these, in whatever, in whatever form of prayer your prayer takes, it's ultimately the invitation to make it personal. Not just something exterior to you, but to make it personal. To know that a particular litany, a litany of the Blessed Mother. I found a, a new litany to Our Lady, an ancient Irish litany to the Blessed Virgin Mary. I found a week or so ago. And I've, I've delighted in finding it because there are some different titles of Mary that are included in this litany that I've never heard before that are providing incredible fuel for me to go and to, to contemplate our, our Blessed Mother in a different, from a different angle. A different, kind of in a different light, to be to go, huh? I've never thought about her in that way, and to and to grow in that relationship, and and to see how a litany can become personal, to see how a, a chaplet or a rosary or a spiritual reading or, or whatever, um, whatever is the the stuff of your prayer, the 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 starting point of your prayer, how that leads to personal encounters with Jesus personal encounters with our Blessed Mother, with, with the saints, all in union with the Father by the grace of the Holy Spirit. So this is the starting point. It's the prayer and the meditation. So this is the, this is the main thing. We come, we do the stuff of prayer, right? Whatever the devotions, readings, etc. And then we rest. We think about it, but also even just to make time for silence. The, the, the wonderful progression in, in Lexio Divina, uh, the, the process of Lexio Divina can be applied to any and all of these. To be able first uh, to read it, then 
to content to, to meditate upon it, to, to dig into it, to ask questions of it, to make a response by praying to the Lord, by offering the Lord some some response. You know, if the Lord's calling me in a particular way by the reading of the scripture, if he's calling me to, to focus on this particular virtue today, Lord, help me to make this action a virtue today. And then lastly, to be able to simply in, in, to sit and contemplate, to sit in silence, to contemplate the Lord, not in, not in an active doing, but simply to rest even just for a few seconds, to rest quietly before the Lord and simply to be in his presence. Now, again, I've kind of gone through this a, a whole list of things that can be done, things that can be done during prayer. And you... Don't try to pick them all because it's it's not going to work out to start. Um, But it's to pick something and and to move forward and to proceed forward um, with commitment and with devotion. And it doesn't mean that that your meditation time has to be a, a lengthy time. And this is something that's important. Is, is knowing what to pray and knowing when to pray, uh, knowing how to pray, knowing where to pray. All these things are tied up in, in, in one simple reality is, is that, that, this is, that this is your time of prayer. Uh, if you are not strong at praying, it's probably not best to start off committing an hour every single morning because it might be a little much. If you're used to praying for five minutes, good. Pray for five minutes or maybe commit to 10 minutes if you want, maybe 15 minutes if you like, you know, but it's to, to start at whatever point that you can start and simply to do so there, you know, so it could be, you know, if five minutes is what you got, you can take it and you can, you can pray a decade of the rosary and sit for a minute or two afterwards, or you can read the gospel for the day. And think about it for a minute. What does that mean to me? Was there a word that stuck out? Maybe why? And then to ask Jesus to help. And so if you want to spend, you know, if you want to spend more time uh, as you go along, certainly that's good and praiseworthy. But to to start with what's reasonable for you in your life circumstance, in your particular situation, to recognize what is really reasonable for you and to commit there. And then gradually over time, you can look at growing and building that as, as you feel the Lord is calling you. And he will call you if you're meditating, right? So that's the, the meditation chunk. That's the main chunk of what I wanted to, to kind of get to. Continuing on, this is kind of presuming that your meditation time is in the morning. So right, you had your morning prayer, your morning offering, and then the meditation might be a little, uh, a little five minute, fifteen minute, thirty minute chunk of time at the beginning of the day, for you to be able to offer whatever prayers and to have time for your meditation for the day. Now, continuing to the, for the day, it's good to to not simply do our morning prayers in the morning and then be done for the day, as if we kind of checked our card. But it's helpful for us to be able to go back at various other times during the day and to at least make a little, uh, a little dip in the pool uh, of, of the Holy Spirit and to, to be uh, refreshed once again. So midday is a wonderful time. And, and sometimes it's helpful to tie the things that we're already doing in. Um, so if you already have lunch, after lunch might be a good time to stop and do an extra little 
you know, an extra little moment of prayer, and maybe before lunch, a little moment of prayer. If there, if there's something that's that's already always or, or almost always taking place in your day, it can be helpful to to just attach this this um, this habit of prayer to something that you're already gonna do. Right, the morning prayer, the morning offering can be done while you're brushing your teeth, or maybe after you brush your teeth, you know, give the Lord some some nice fresh breath as you're lifting it up, right? And so midday prayers, you can stop and pray the Angelus, a wonderful traditional prayer honoring the Incarnation. If you want to continue praying with the breviary, if that's something you've, you've, you've wanted to do, that can be a daytime prayer from the breviary. It could be a moment just to simply stop and recall the meditation you were you reflected on this morning and see, you know, maybe to, to go back and to think about it again for a few moments. Or if there was a resolution that you made that you wanted to work on some particular thing, if the Lord was calling you in your in your morning prayer and meditation to be patient today, maybe it's to stop around lunchtime and to go, how have I been patient? Where have I been impatient? And what in this afternoon might make me uh, um, more patient or more impatient? And Lord, help me to prepare for these things. And so to, to do a little, a little kind of a little spot check for a moment to see how are things so far, what's coming up? You may also use it for a little, a little short spiritual reading. Um, I have uh, a wonderful little calendar of uh, of a spiritual writer um, that that I particularly enjoy, and she's got a number of great quotes. And so there's a little daily flip calendar on the uh, on the kitchen table here in the office. And and not every day that I eat here, but whenever I do eat here for lunch, uh, you know, I'll make sure to flip for. To flip to the quote of the day and read that, and oftentimes it's something to give me a little insight and to give me a little encouragement for the afternoon. And so it can be something as easy as that. It doesn't have to be big things. It can just be quote of the day, you know, a saint of the day, or whatever of the day. Um, so just a little, just a little drop uh, at midday to help you to continue to remember that that God is God, um, and and He's taking care of me. Um, and at the evening time of the day, it's helpful, especially to do an evening examine, um, to look back over your day and to see what went well, what didn't go well, and to entrust yourself to the loving mercy of God. And so kind of a, a, a simple way to do it and a helpful way, because sometimes we can get really caught up on, on, on what we did well and forget what we did, uh, what we did poorly. More often, people get more focused on what they did poorly um, and neglect what they did well. And so, uh, a good practice for the evening exam is uh, three good things, three bad things. What were three moments that, that I sinned today, that I hurt someone else today, that I, that I didn't follow what you, Lord, would have desired of me today? Just three things, that's all, no more. And what were three ways that I responded to you today, Lord? Three ways that I found your grace. Three ways that, that I had an opportunity to, to do something for another person or to be or to be virtuous, and I actually did it. And recognize those three things. And at the end, make an act of contrition, which is a good thing to a good, memorize an act of contrition, not just for the sacrament of confession, right? This can be a daily thing to make an act of contrition at the end of the day, entrusting ourselves and our faults to the mercy of God. 
And if there was something that we recognize, well, this is this is a problem that regularly happens, or if it was if it was something that um, in our shortcomings for that day that we know we need to work on, maybe it's okay, Lord, I'm sorry, you know, sorry for my sins with all my heart, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of the act of contrition, to say, you know, Lord, tomorrow I want to be more generous. I want to be more gentle. I want to be more kind. And to and to make that a resolution that tomorrow I'm going I'm going to do this particular thing because I struggle with it today and I know I need to work on that, and so it can be a just a, a little a little small thing um, to help work on for the next day, and so uh, again a daily routine of a time in the morning a time in the midday and a time in the evening and and a, a larger chunk of time for specific meditation and prayer. Um, Oftentimes it's helpful in the morning, but if another time of day works for you, God be praised. The most important piece is to do it. And so again, prayer and meditation, especially the meditation. Because um, as the reading from my meditation that I read at the beginning of the talk mentioned, that we can, we can keep up our external practices of prayer um, that for a priest, I can keep saying my bravery in the liturgy of the hours. I can I can keep offering mass, and still be tepid, still be caught up in my sin. But when I encounter the Lord in meditation, and I make it personal, when I allow the Lord into my heart, and not just allow things to be on the exterior, when the Lord comes into the heart, we see change and transformation. And so, prayer is good and necessary but also the meditation, to making it personal, to apply it to yourself. And remember, baby steps, structure, make time for silence. Don't just be Martha. Let Mary come into, into play too. And keep it structured and above all, persistence. You know, sometimes we may, we may miss a day of meditation. Okay, but don't make it missing two days straight of meditation. You know, always to recommit. When we fall short, that could be part of your nightly exam. Lord, I didn't take a, I didn't take time to meditate today. Have mercy on me. Tomorrow I'm going to, and the next day, do it. So this, of course, is how to begin. This is the beginning. There is. Much, much more that could be said, and, and countless books have been written on the spiritual life and on the life of prayer, the life of meditation, the process of meditation, and so, so much more. And this is, again, why I would encourage you to be able to, to find some good things on the spiritual life and on the life of prayer and to read them and to, and to, to begin to, to soak in this, this reality of, of the spiritual life and, and living the spiritual life, practicing growth in the spiritual life. To that end, um, I'm going to have a little, a little link uh, in, the, in the notes, uh, the show notes for this, uh, for this, if you're listening on podcast or on iTunes, um, hopefully there'll be a little link available. If not, it'll be certainly on the parish website, on the, uh, that little top button, praying, praying during the, the COVID crisis will take you to the parish page with 
the various prayers and things that are in events that are being offered. There'll be a little link on there of uh, of resources. So there'll be some books, uh, some websites that'd be helpful. Maybe some some um, some podcasts, some other things that'll be helpful for you to continue to grow in your spiritual life. To tend to continue to. Um, to practice daily this wonderful gift of meditation that helps to make us like Jesus. And then we can truly begin to live out that baptismal call that you have received in your baptism to be priest, prophet, and king, and to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, the leaven of society. And you can be Christ to others. And it begins with meditation. So... If you have uh, any questions or would like to get even more concrete on how to actually do this, I would absolutely love to talk with you. Um, if you want to give me a call during the coronavirus time, you're welcome to do so. Or after, after quarantine is dispensed, if you want to come sit down in the office, if you want to work together on, on what might work for you, what might be a, the best way to pray for you? What are some good some good options for you? What what is a reasonable rhythm of 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 prayer through the day look like? I would be happy to be able to do that. That's part of part of my uh, privilege um, and task as as a pastor of souls is is to help uh, to help you in any way possible to continue to to draw closer to Jesus Christ and to become more and more who He has called you to be in your essential and irreplaceable role in the mission of carrying out the good news of salvation. So, I want to conclude with uh, with a little prayer here, a prayer of St. Francis de Sales. It's more of a, a word of encouragement from some from uh, St. Francis de Sales. But again, recognizing that, that in our world, certainly all around us, but oftentimes even within us, uh, at least from time to time, um, there can be uh, some anxiety, there can be some worry, and um, you know, certainly meditation is, is helpful in, in keeping us connected to the Lord and allowing that uh, to be more grounded. But St. Francis de Sales has um, this wonderful little encouragement to us, and I'd like to close with this and to close our parish mission uh, with this invitation for us. He says to you, Be at peace. Do not look forward in fear to the changes of life. Rather, look to them with full hope as they arise. God, whose very own you are, will deliver you from out of them. He has kept you hitherto, and he will lead you safely through all things. And when you cannot stand it, God will bury you in his arms. Do not fear what may happen tomorrow. The same everlasting Father who cares for you today will take care of you then and every day. He will either shield you from suffering or will give you unfailing strength to bear it. Be at peace and put aside all anxious thoughts and imagination. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.